not the attention you need. What else? Should we take another voicemail call? Let's listen. My oh. name is Erica Holzer. I'm a lesbian Jew in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good um, to know. This and so which phone I'm using. It's a Fantastic Stories podcast, but Sarah Silverman's got a new po- podcast, kind of new. <coughs> Not completely new, but comes out on Thursdays, and she... She just talks and then listens to voicemails, which is a good concept. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities, I mean, higher, higher than, you know, the, let's say, C-list Adam Carolla, who makes $15 million a year, and, but he pays... 20 staff, so so Conan's got a great podcast uh, too, and it's but Conan already has his 50 million or plus in the bank, and and Corolla, who I love, who I really don't disagree with too much, but. I, di- I dis- definitely disagree a lot. But Sarah Silverman, and like all podcasters, Conan's just kind of, just totally funny. And, and even Dana Carvey's got a show now. Wow, and it's so good. And I mean, like I said, more B- B- AB listers are having podcasts now, which is great. I. I was I was listening to Richard Brand. He's got a podcast and and he like I said he's just so open and he's talkative and and so I was listening to you know okay so this is if this works because I don't really want to waste too much of my time but uh, and it's not wasting time but if you want. There was something that a caller called into uh, Sarah Silverman, and she had some very poignant things to say, and these are things that I believe in. I totally, and if I hit the buttons on this phone correctly, and Orphos, it seemed like it worked. So, hooked on religion and, and you know, Jesus and God, when, in fact, Jesus wouldn't be considered a conservative. He'd be considered more liberal. Matter of fact, he might even be considered a socialist. Thank you. I agree. I mean, if you're going to give uh, Jesus a political party to join, it would be the socialist party, probably Democratic Socialists. For shizzle. For shizzle. Ugh, gross middle-aged white woman. Um, it is really bizarre how many, like, evangelical right-wing uh, people Jesus would just hate. I mean, he doesn't hate. Not my Jesus, not the Jesus I know. 
Um, but it is like really bizarre the the, the amount the of people Bible. that use his name as a shroud what did for you say about hate. The rich man going <laughs> to heaven like, in the boy, Bible. If you I believe think in the, the word Bible, irony is is uh, built for that. What did he portray? People who just who just use Jesus as a uh, as a what license to do? for bigotry is bizarre. Get into heaven. They do not follow the tenets of Jesus. Welcome the stranger comes to mind when I think about the border here. People desperately trying to escape um, mortal danger and being punished for it by separating children from their parents. I just, it's, it's, it's nothing less than a crime against humanity and certainly Jesus would never stop vomiting um you know who i like are the um i like jesus i've always been a fan of jesus i've been semi obsessed with jesus i like the teachings of jesus jews i believe they believe he was a real man you know but jews believe he was a man and and um christians believe he was god or the son of god or some shit like that and it's funny because my sister Laura um, just got married to the greatest guy ever. Wesley, whose sister's name is Blessley. I point to Raj, who's also Indian, because I'm racist. And um, his parents are super, super religious. And he was not looking forward to introducing them to his Jewish girlfriend. And then when he finally did, his dad, uh, he introduced his dad to Laura. And his, the first thing his dad said was like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And Laura was like, I mean, I think he's amazing. <laughs> but they love her now. And she loves them. And I'm finally going to meet them, and I can't wait. Because they created Wes, and he's my favorite. I really like the Jesuits. I'm not comfortable saying Jesuit, because I always said Jesuit. But then Dave Ferguson, who grew up in a Jesuit uh, school system, he says Jesuit. So now I'm, ter I'm teaching myself to... See, I, me too. I am an atheist. I know there's no God, but in prison, there was this, when I was in prison for a year, and I was in the mental ward for, they call it a mental ward, but it's basically because I was in a sleep-deprived state a couple times and kind of lost it without any drugs unless somebody drugged me, I don't know, but there was this total Catholic guy that's older than me and I don't remember his name but he was the only he was total Catholic I mean he, he believed everything and I used to sit with him and just kind of chit chat and when you're in the um, quote mental ward of it wasn't a mental ward. It was maybe it was basically called a medical ward because we had some good treatment. There was you got a counselor and you and you got a, a lady who's trying to 
another nice lady who's trying to get you out of out of jail and get you set up someplace and she set me up to get to a treatment center or whatever because I had to serve a year probation afterwards and but I was only in for one year but I was in the medical unit and when they wanted to change <laughs> me from one the really cool guy that I was bunk mates with they wanted to switch for some reason I don't know why nothing to do with me I don't know they maybe <laughs> and I said well yeah I'll move but you got to give me a TV <laughs> you can actually have TVs I found out in prison you have to buy them apparently well I, I couldn't afford I had nothing I mean I I hadn't I, I was <laughs> So yeah, you, but I heard just through the grapevine or whatever that uh, sometimes you can get a TV for free. And when they wanted me to move to another wing of the little thing, there was only like a hundred guys in this wing, wing or two. <laughs> hey, I got a free pair of glasses. I just broke them recently, so I'm going blind. My shoes are falling apart. They've lasted a year though, but they're falling apart, and I got to put tape on them now, so it doesn't get wet because it's the rainy season. This makes my socks. God, I got three pairs of brand new socks. Ugh. Several pair of dirty socks in certain areas, and I got a little stash, but of here and there stuff that. I'm not there. I'm not even around there because it's the wet season. That's just for when it's not raining because it's got to dry out because it's in a kind of a nature area and there's not very many nature areas. See, I'm changing the subject. Stories about Jesus. What would Jesus do? Would he give money to save the dogs? To create the art society? To support a super church? And their massive amounts of budget internally? Or would he just give it to the poor? No matter what. Today, oh well, doesn't matter. What would Jesus really do if he was here? And sometimes when I stand there with a sign, and I rarely stand there with a sign for more than 30 minutes, very rarely. And all I'm looking for is maybe three bucks to get a can of beer or something. Or a bottle of wine. If I'm in that area where it's super cheap wine. Two ninety-five plus tax, three sixteen. Well I got guess what? Eleven bucks in my pocket. And what do I want? 
I'm thinking tomorrow night if I'm gonna be back in that area of town because about a mile up the up the road down the road it's here there's a little breeze but these businesses are going to be open to, uh, today at probably 9 or 10 a.m. and I'll be out of here even though this is a covered area they said there's a 30 percent chance of rain there, there's no fucking rain and that's what happens the forecast they're either totally wrong or totally right no I should say they're they're always totally wrong because fuck it rained for like an hour and my only homeless friend Chuck who's 70 who got his beer was sitting under a tree <laughs> and he did he didn't notice me but I was behind him by just kind of out of the blue because I took a piss behind the dumpster said, hey what's up when we, when we were walking and talking for like four or five blocks because he's got a cart he's got a cart he's like I have packs and I two, have two backpacks and like a bag of food basically it's what I carry around it's pretty heavy and I, I could be because the doctor told me once that I'm gonna get that knee thing where you're According to the x-rays, because I had it, when I had assistance in Nebraska, I don't know, six, seven years ago, whatever it was, he said, well, you got ar you're developing towards the arthritis of the knees and you're, you're in, your joints are going to start, the, the, the bones are going to start rubbing each other. Now, they did a great job in my knee surgery, where they did, because I had a previous knee injury that never had surgery and then they said man that was messed up and they fixed it and it was fixed really fast and it was great what does it have to do with Jesus what would Jesus do if there was a Jesus because I don't believe like I said I'm nowhere Sarah Silverman yeah they're, they're Probably was a person named Jesus, but I, I look also at the historical Jesus. The, <coughs> the historians say he was a zealot, and there was a lots of zealots, which is some of them were declared to be messiahs. And go ahead and watch the movie Life of Brian. By Monty Python. Then Dave Ferguson, who grew up in a Jesuit uh, school system, he says Jesuit. So now I'm I'm teaching myself to say Jesuit. 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 I love the Jesuits. Uh, I don't know. I just I have a few personal friends that are Jesuits. My friend Zip. Father Jeremy, Father Jeremy Zippel, who I love to pieces and who is my friend, who is now uh, stationed, do you call it stationed? In Belize. Um, I'm always threatening to send him uh, sheets with a decent thread count. 
But, um, and, and then there's Father Gregory Boyle, also a Jesuit, who I had on my, uh, on the Hulu show, um, I Love You America, and he's incredible. Um, he talked about his, what he learned and what, how he grew by being stationed, stationed, I don't know if I'm using this right, in East L.A. so many years ago, and, um... He started along with a lot of ex-gang members and gang members that were to be ex-gang members, a bakery called um, Homeboy Industries, and it's huge now, and it does so much good, and he's so fucking rad, and he said something that I always quote really shitty, but I think about it all the time, and I think I can convey it at least... uh, a little so you understand what it is and then you can Google uh, Father Gregory Boyle on this quote. But it's something like this. If you don't make peace with your wounds, you will be tempted to despise the wounded. And boy, I see that sometimes in myself. I see that in others all the time. I see it in politics a lot, in politicians. It's very interesting. That's something that I find myself different than 99% of the homeless people who are addicted almost all to alcohol and half of them to crack and other meth or whatever and the, the dealers that abuse them and I live in a right now it's kind of near the library where it's kind of the suburbs and there's rich Latinos and rich light, white people and there's million dollar homes. But there's also apartments of young people all over the place too who do donate to the poor. They, they, give, they give directly to the poor. And yeah, it makes them feel better. But that's giving. If you're rich and you're trying to save the dogs or the cats, there's cat ladies who put out cat food for all the tons of feral cats in these areas. I mean, you see cat foods all over the place. And if they knew that, yeah, the cats eat and then they mate and and then the birds eat the rest of cat food. Lots of birds, different types. <sighs> cat ladies, I don't know. That's like stupid. What, what are you doing about the poor? I mean, if, you, if I could save one human being's life and kill all the fucking dogs and cats on this earth for one human life I'd say yes it's worth it if I could do that thing is I have saved human lives personally physically okay now going back to being in um what they call them, I don't know, I think they call them medical wing, but they, 
Yeah, and these were these mostly were guys who were just they had to take medicine and they were giving me medicine for manic depression and I d never declared I was manic depressive, but since I went through two episodes of sleep deprived state, my god, it was nuts. Part of it is I was kind of writing my book and and at least in one cell that I was in with 12 other guys, just little, these youngsters who were just seeking drugs were, were, were total assholes. And since I just completely ignored them, it was, it was, it was, it was, I don't know how story that is. This is, like I said, before I was in the medical way. Well, it's hard to sleep, obviously. You know, if all you got is a book, and there's a book that I halfway read that I want to kind of finish, uh, but that was after I kind of finished my own book. Lost the physical copy later, but uh, that's different. Uh, I, I, it was like a place where you got nothing to do all day. <laughs> See. You know, I'd find a basketball court because I always loved basketball, and I'd find a ball occasionally, and I'd shoot. And since these white guys, it was segregated. I was the only white guys in that cell, <laughs> even though there was a unit. Of, but those were like like twelve people in the cell. It was like shit. That's a lot. I don't know. Bunk beds. I luckily I had a lower bed pass because of my weight or something. Pretty much. I didn't actually have the physical pass. They told me I should have it, but I didn't. But I wound up always getting a lower bunk. I was lucky, I guess. And he's got these younger guys who were like seeking drugs and they wanted to see my papers and I didn't have any papers because what's the point of having papers I mean I threw away the papers so it was like, papers are so just your conviction well I told them what my conviction was assault it, it was it, it is uh, abuse of an adult which is a plea bargain of course you think you're a sexual predator and rapes kids, but that absolutely does not happen at all. I just read, you have to listen to the podcast called Safe, which explains what happened there. Okay, well, in that, okay, so I got, I'm finishing three stories. Uh, oh, to finish it with the, the, the guys who were seeking, the young white guys who were seeking constantly seeking pills and drugs in in prison in the early 20s is that once I realized what's going to happen you know it's like wow they're going to jump me or something because they've already threatened me physically and I just stand there you, go ahead try it I'm twice your size I could take you down but the thing is you probably got other guys who could just smack me in the back of the head with a chair. So, and it's like, come on. <laughs> I just don't have my papers. You don't believe me? You think I'm a 
perv. Well, maybe you were abused. Well, I didn't tell them that. I just started playing basketball. I was already playing basketball. I was shooting hoops by myself, pretty much. And I just, I don't know, met this random black guy who liked to shoot hoops, so we shot some hoops and wound up playing playing some games outside and within two days I was best friends with all the black guys on the unit taking showers with them <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth now they do have separate showers it's not like an open shower it's like kind of individualized showers but they knew how white I was how naked I was but since I was outgoing and talkative, because I am at times, especially if you're joking around. I became best friends with 20 black guys within two days, and those white guys left me alone. It's crazy. Well, they didn't switch me to the black guys unit, and then like, I think then I think I once again I had the second episode of sleep to five state because like I said I was working on my book and I couldn't find a pen and, and uh, it's going over and over in my head this is part the third season of my TV show first two seasons have already pretty much completed storylines and working on three strips scripts still and I've already got two more scripts in my brain I just you just can't write those out. You just have to just do them as director and showrunner. That's my million dollar idea. Pretty good idea, actually. Okay, but going back, when I get to the the ward where they gave me, started giving me lithium, it's like, man, this stuff's great. It helps me sleep. Uh, I just got to show up and go ahead and get in line to get your pills like everybody else. <laughs> Three times a day or two times a day or whatever it was and put you to sleep. They wake you up about 7 a.m. You go get breakfast. You go to sleep until noon. And you eat lunch. <laughs> and then you do what? And, I, and they gave me a TV because I switched to a, this other roommate. My when they switched me roommates, I didn't know it at first, but this other roommate was like a crazy little dude who liked the upper bunk. And he was, I saw him snuffing aspirin, you know, thinking that was cocaine or something. And he was going through his own mania a little bit. Then later they switched me to the, uh, the guy next door who just didn't get along with his roommate or whatever. But fuck that. I said, well, I'll move. Give me a TV for free. And they did. So I got to see TV every, you know, after lunch, pretty much TV. Basic cable, like about 20 channels. TBS, Fox. I'm realizing now that I missed out on certain seasons of Family Guy and The Simpsons, which I've been re-watching. It's on this phone, on this particular phone, actually. And I'm watching them re-watch, and I say, well, I haven't seen this one. Well, how come I've seen this one? And I go, well, 
I didn't see The Simpsons because that's when I changed the channel and Walking Dead was on. But I did see The Family Guy from, from that season. <laughs> so obviously we had AMC, Fox. I remember watching... Kind of stupid. Okay, going back to that that Catholic guy. Okay, so he's like devout cat, and it's like he was just reading Catholic stuff, reading materials, or trying to read. I don't even know if he could read because his IQ is pretty low. But he was a believer completely, and I went to mass with him to realize there's who's in mass. Well, there's a Catholic priest. Uh, him and no one else except for the one time maybe when maybe occasionally but I went and I asked afterwards to talk to the priest and they said well can you you know can you pray for me or I'd like to at least talk or chit chat or and um, we did, and so supposedly I was converted to Catholicism for about two seconds. But when I was there afterwards, when I was in long-term treatment and on probation, mandatory, pretty much. My counselor was a former priest. I don't know if, I think he's, I'm not sure 100% if he was an actual priest, but he was definitely a Catholic and a former teacher at a Catholic school. But counselor for many, many years. He was 20 years older than me. And everybody loved him. And Bob, everybody loved him. But I could see that all of his, because I'd be, I, when she, I worked my way up in the, in the treatment center to where I was assistant manager in the homeless shelter, and I could see that all of Bob's former, um, a lot of them, and some of them were even, a, they relapsed. And, And how terrible that would be that to be in love, you know, because I told him once, I love you, man. And I gave him a present of one of my, when I had, when you were, when you're a assistant manager, you get like free of tax, $340 a month, which is pretty goddamn a lot if you're in treatment. Um... Because you already got room and board in the separate building, which is too good to be true. Which a lot of people stay way too long. But and he was always encouraged me to get out there and you know move on, and which is okay. And he wasn't doing it in a rude way or anything. It was just 
He was the Catholic Bob, former priest, who loved me, and I loved him. And I, I couldn't find his phone number, because he, he gave me free counseling a few times after he left the facility, because he was like in his 70s, and he had to take care of his wife, who had Parkinson's. Hopefully, if he's still alive, he took. I gave him a painting. Now it's. I don't know. It sounds weird, but I, I was just at a walk because he get three hundred dollars a month, or whatever. I took some of the images that I had on my phone. That luckily I got to recoup after. Oh, my friend Marsha gave me my, yeah, she held on to my laptop at the time and stuff, so it, some of those stuff got saved, and she gave me the box, even though I didn't, only saw her once in Omaha. Uh, you go to Walgreens and they can print out, like, on canvas, so I printed out a, a, a picture that I painted, and even though it was only, I don't know, 15 inches by 13 inches, and I printed out a different one. This, uh, portrait of my son on wood, and, and the other one is on canvas, and the one on canvas I gave to him, and he put it on his wall. And he said, well, I got to ask my boss, who was, like, younger than him, but, and, and it was okay. And so it was on his office wall, my canvas, one of my paintings, repainted, basically. I should say one of my five-foot-by-five-foot five homemade Well, one of, one of my big paintings wound up to be a pretty decent piece of art on his on his wall and in his office, I should say. And uh, but what would Jesus do? Well, he loved me, and when I relapsed, he took me to the hospital and was worried about me. And he would still talk to me when I had his phone number. And I don't have his phone number. I, I don't even know. I can't even contact him now. Because he doesn't work there anymore. Sometimes in myself, I see that in others all the time. I see it in politics a lot, in politicians. It's very interesting. It's basically what Jesus said. If you don't deal with your shit, your shit will deal with you. But it has like doth in it. If you don't bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. I think that's what it is, or something like that. But it makes a lot of sense. Live an examined life. The unexamined life is not worth living. Socrates. Holy shit. Um, and then the uh, another Jesuit, Father James Martin. I don't know him, but I follow him on Twitter, and I think he's brilliant. These are this kind of Catholicism. Um, 
is based, they believe in science. So it's, it's a more intellectual kind of um, version of, of Catholicism, and I, I just, I'm into it. And then the Pope, Pope Francis, the coolest Pope so far, also a Jesuit. I don't know what my point is. I don't know what the question was. Right. You know, I just think like uh, to truly live by the tenets of Jesus, you got to be welcoming to all. You can't believe that certain people get to be treated shittier or have less opportunities. So yeah, Jesus would have been a socialist, I think. I don't know. But boy, the hypocrisy on the right that I see. Bananas. There's a lot of uh, religious people on the right that are very well-meaning people. Um, but that, that, that those evangelicals who are pro-Israel is just the other, as my sister pointed out, Susie the rabbi, is just the other side of the coin of, of uh, the torch-carrying Jews will not replace us. They just need Jews to go back to Israel before the end of days so they can go to heaven. They don't care about Jews. Stop it. Pro-Israel. Their pro-Israeliness is not a gesture of care. It is securing their place in heaven with their, their crazy religion. Hi, Sarah. This is now my seventh attempt at recording something. Okay, well... Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, both Sarah Silverman and I know there's no God, but we definitely can appreciate the religion of Catholicism and the religion of giving.
Stop. Well, I'm focused on the guys on the ground. More. I'm sure a little bit. 